And now introducing Mr. Keith Lanton. Hi, good morning. Today is uh, Monday, December 19th. The uh, last uh, discussion prior to Christmas as uh, the year uh, winds down. So I want to wish everybody who's celebrating a very Merry Christmas. And uh, for those who are currently celebrating a very happy Hanukkah as yesterday's first night of Hanukkah. So today, a lot to talk about as uh, the year winds down. 2022 has certainly uh, been memorable for uh, financial markets. Um, and uh, for those of you who enjoyed the World Cup yesterday, certainly uh, memorable uh, for uh, soccer. Congratulations to Argentina. And as we uh, finalize uh, 2022, want to remind everyone that uh, – few more days left in the year to take required minimum distributions if you are over age 72 or if you have uh, perhaps uh, inherited an IRA, you may need to take required minimum distributions. Last few days to do year-end planning. Keep in mind, many mutual funds have declared capital gains this year, despite the fact that markets uh, have declined significantly. So you may want to re-review your portfolios if you own mutual funds in uh, non-qualified accounts to make sure that your tax planning is uh, as you anticipated. Uh, remember, you're entitled to uh, take up to $3,000 a year in taxable losses that exceed your income. And uh, you may want to uh, take advantage of that this year with uh, meaningful losses in both stock and bond markets. Keep in mind, if you uh, take losses that exceed $3,000, you can carry those losses forward into future years. Finally, another reminder, charitable contributions, uh, depending on how you are calculating your taxes and whether or not you're taking the standard deduction, uh, the timing of uh, charitable contributions is important to minimize your taxes. Uh, so you may want to review uh, what you have contributed to charity this year, what you're thinking of contributing, whether or not you should be uh, donating more this year or deferring to next year. Um, but just a few more days to make uh, these types of decisions as uh, we wind down 2022. This morning, I uh, want to uh, talk this morning about some uh, tips for success, some uh, advice from uh, Barbara Corcoran, who uh, an extremely successful uh, woman in an age of uh, male domination in the uh, real estate industry in uh, New York City, so some insightful advice. Um, we'll also talk about Barron's and uh, their outlook for 2023, which is the cover story. They also shared uh, 10 stocks uh, that they think we should look at uh, in the coming year, and I'll share some of those uh, with you as well. And then some other articles from Barron's, including one on why uh, fixed income or the bond market may be a, a good place to be uh, next year. So Barbara Corcoran, uh, some tips for succeeding against all odds and uh, how she was able to be successful despite the fact that uh, she was competing in a uh, rough market in New York City as a woman. What did she do to succeed? And some tidbits that she is uh, sharing. Uh, one, get good with falling down. Uh, today's day and age, uh, many parents uh, have uh, taken the inclination to uh, do everything they can to avoid their children from both metaphorically and uh, and and uh, non-metaphorically from uh, falling down if they're learning to walk or if uh, they're becoming teenagers, how they can help them so that they uh, can mitigate and minimize pain. And what she said in her family, there were 10 kids. And uh, her mother, despite uh, the fact that maybe she wanted to help them from falling down, just couldn't... Uh, 
help ourselves because uh, with 10 of them, they were constantly falling down. So uh, they all learned how to fall down and they all learned how to fail numerous times. Uh, she said they were in the habit of falling on their heads and uh, doing what uh, they had no choice but to do, and that is to get themselves back up. And she said in that ability to get themselves back up is where they found courage. Confidence is knowing that whatever hits you, you're always going to get up. You're always going to keep trying. Number two, she says, stay in the game. Uh, the key to success isn't necessarily uh, intelligence or insight or strategy. Um, you could have all of those, um, and you may uh, have them, uh, in fact, uh, better than some of your competitors, but you're inevitably going to fall down. Um, and if you do not get back up and stay in the game, it doesn't matter uh, how good those other elements uh, of your personality or strategy are. Uh, she points to an example in her career, early in her career, she uh, said that uh, she spent uh, her life savings making videotape tours of uh, her listings, and uh, she felt that that would be a key to success, and she sent them out, and nobody watched them. But then her husband, uh, who uh, was in the military, uh, returned from overseas and told her about this thing called the Internet, and she registered uh, the name Corcoran.com. And uh, she started uh, sharing those videos uh, on this new uh, uh, technology medium called the Internet, and she found success. So that uh, that ability to stick to it uh, served her well. She says, seek what you don't have. So look for partners or uh, partners in business or partners in life um, that have the skill sets that you don't have. Um, finding others who have uh, what you have uh, is uh, just uh, superfluous or extra and uh, doesn't uh, doesn't help you fill in those uh, gaps. Uh, she says to steal brilliant concepts. Yes, you got it right. Steal brilliant concepts. Uh, she says that she's gotten all sorts of credit for being an innovator, but in fact, uh, many of those innovations were ideas of others, maybe in other industries, uh, and uh, she took those ideas that she saw and said, hey, that looks really smart. Let me apply that to my business. And that's, she said, where all of her great ideas came from. When it comes to running a company and uh, having others working for you, uh, she said uh, to get out of your head that people are working for you, that you work for them. Uh, that uh, what you should be seeking to do with uh, those who you are engaging with on a daily basis that are uh, that are uh, the employees of the organization, that uh, the number one goal to be to make them as good as they can be, to provide them with as much knowledge and as much as much training as possible. And then finally, get out of your own way. Your biggest enemy in business is not your competitor. It's the negative tapes you have in your head from some other era, some injury or some insecurity. Uh, it's key for people to uh, not get held back by themselves. So last week, another uh, rough week in uh, financial markets uh, as uh, the Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 50 basis points by, as expected, uh, but perhaps not quite as expected was uh, the extreme uh, of the uh, hawkishness that uh, Federal Reserve Chair Powell uh, shared with the financial markets, um, as well as uh, the unanimity that the Federal Reserve governors had in their uh, determination to crush inflation and to raise interest rates uh, to the point where they may even be stifling growth or perhaps leading us into recession. They didn't quite uh, say it as explicitly as that. Um, but if you dive into the words uh, of the Federal Reserve's minutes uh, from that meeting, uh, not the minutes, we didn't see those, but the uh, the, the wording from Chairman Powell, 
Um, the indication is that uh, the Fed uh, is willing to go above and beyond the safety of the economy in order to uh, crush inflation, and that uh, brought about some uh, consternation in financial markets. Uh, some fact regarding inflation and perhaps some sources of concern coming from uh, Hartford Investments. It seems that inflation is finally easing, coming in at 7.1% year-over-year in November. However, since 1958, the core consumer price index, the CPI, has never come down from a rate above 5% without causing a recession. In this uh, market that uh, we are experiencing, um, if you uh, wind back the tape a little bit uh, to last year and the year before that, uh, you may remember that uh, a lot of the uh, appreciation in the averages came from a a handful of leaders um, in the indices. Um, and this year, um, we are seeing the exact opposite, that a lot of the carnage is coming from those uh, top uh, big mega cap stocks that uh, had run up so much uh, in previous years. So as of the end of November, the top 10 stocks in the S&P 500 had returned nearly minus 30%, while the bottom 490 stocks in the S&P 500 had returned minus 9%. Another source of concern for financial uh, market observers is uh, the yield curve and the slope of the yield curve, uh, meaning uh, what's going on between short-term rates and long-term rates. And right now, short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. In November, the U.S. yield curve inverted to its steepest point in nearly 40 years. Uh, The U.S. isn't the only uh, country experiencing a yield curve inversion. In fact, the German yield curve um, has inverted for the first time Uh, since the reunification of East and West Germany. Finally, um, we're hearing about uh, layoffs at uh, big companies, especially tech companies, uh, but also some uh, financial services companies uh, like Goldman Sachs last week announced they may lay off up to 8% of their workforce. Um, But it's important to keep in mind uh, that the backbone of America are firms with less than 100 employees. In fact, uh, companies with less than 100 employees uh, represent or account for 97.5% of all businesses uh, in the United States. So what's going on this morning uh, in terms of uh, how we uh, may expect uh, markets uh, to open? Uh, we are seeing futures uh, off their best levels in the morning, just up modestly um, after a rough week last week. The Dow is uh, looking to open up about 10 points, 15 points maybe. S&P futures are up about 5 NASDAQ futures up about uh, 23 points. Futures this morning are uh, presumably being fueled by some bargain hunting activity uh, following the poor finish last week and larger losses over the last two weeks. There are ongoing reports about COVID cases increasing rapidly in China. Um, There was some speculation that the Bank of Japan, which is meeting this week, um, will possibly revise their objective, opening the door to a modification of the Bank of Japan's ultra-loose monetary policy, uh, that report coming from Reuters. However, Japan's chief cabinet secretary has pushed back against that speculation, saying don't expect a pivot, um, but perhaps uh, due to that speculation, there'll be some extra scrutiny on uh, the Bank of Japan later this week when uh, they come out with their interest rate decision. Wall Street Journal reporting that lawmakers are expected to work on a $1.7 trillion government funding bill this week ahead of Friday's deadline. In the bond market, the two-year note is uh, roughly flat, yielding about 420, and the 10-year note is up 
uh, about eight basis points now. So a meaningful sell-off in the 10-year. We're seeing yield up to 3.56%. Uh, um, overseas, Asia-Pacific region began the week on a lower note. Um, almost all markets down there are the biggest loser. The uh, Shanghai Composite down 1.9%. Uh, Major European uh, markets uh, are to the upside um, after a better-than-expected business climate report out of Germany, and markets uh, in Europe up about uh, half of 1%. Uh, some companies in the news this morning, Aerojet Rocketdyne is being acquired by uh, L3 Harris Technologies for $58 a share in an all-cash transaction, valued at $4.7 billion, including net Debt, interesting uh, M&A in the uh, aerospace business, uh, perhaps uh, being uh, fueled by the increased demand for uh, munitions uh, due to the uh, conflict uh, between Russia and the Ukraine. Uh, Moderna this morning, MRNA, upgraded to buy from hold at uh, Jefferies. Uh, Tesla getting attention this morning after, uh, and the stock uh, is higher by about five points after uh, CEO Elon Musk uh, uh, asked for a poll if he should step down as uh, the CEO of Twitter, and uh, the poll showed that 57% of the respondents uh, said he should. Uh, so perhaps I'm hoping that he will step down and focus more intently on Tesla. Uh, Disney uh, getting attention this morning. Um, Avatar 2 uh, came out this weekend, had $134 million in box office sales, uh, coming up slightly uh, short of expectations. This week, we get a uh, host of uh, reports that might give us some more insight into uh, economic growth here in the United States and uh, perhaps the uh, path of uh, interest rates from the Federal Reserve. Today, we get the National Association of Home Builders releasing its housing market index for December. Looking for that to come in at 33, which would match uh, November's level. Uh, that index has declined every month this year and is at its lowest level since the onset of the pandemic. Tomorrow, Nike reports second quarter uh, fiscal 2023 results. Uh, the sneaker maker stock is down 36% this year, um, due in part to declining revenues in China, which for account for about a sixth of Nike's sales. Tomorrow, uh, the Bank of Japan is coming out with that monetary policy decision. Wednesday, earnings come out from uh, Micron Technologies and the conference board Releases its Consumer Confidence Index for December. Looking for that to come in at 99, uh, down one point from November. Also on Wednesday, we get the National Association of Realtors reporting existing home sales for November. Looking that to be weaker and also looking for the existing home sales price to decline 6.6% year over year, perhaps making homes uh, slightly more affordable despite the uh, rising interest rates, uh, which have... Uh, pushed uh, the cost of home ownership significantly higher. Thursday, we uh, get some insights into the auto industry, uh, CarMax, uh, releasing earnings, one of the uh, largest uh, owners of uh, auto dealerships. And also on Thursday, we get the third and final estimate for third quarter gross domestic product. That's expected to be unchanged and to come in at 2.9%. Friday, personal income and expenditures for November, expected to rise four tenths of 1% each. And then Friday, we also get the durable goods orders for November, and we're looking for a decline of seven-tenths of 1%. Barron's talking about the economy, the Fed, the financial markets, 
suggesting uh, that the Fed is making a mistake and the market will pay the price. Um, we all make mistakes, but the Federal Reserve may be making a bigger one than most. That could mean another difficult year for the stock market in 2023. Those concerns were front and center over the past week following the Federal Open Market Committee's December meeting. Fed did nothing to surprise the markets as it raised the uh, Fed funds rate by half a point, just as expected, and suggested a terminal rate of just over 5%, a level investors had slowly come around to. But the dot plot reflected the Fed's belief that rates would have to go high and stay high while Chairman Powell continued to strike a hawkish tone. Selling started immediately and continued throughout the end of the week last week. Um, when it was finished, the S&P had fallen 2.1%. Dow had declined 1.7%. NASDAQ dropped 2.7%. Second straight week, all three indices had notched a loss. The declines might simply reflect the fact that the S&P 500, which had rallied 14% since its October 12th low, was in need of a breather. But there may be something darker buried in the Fed's message. The central bank's dot plot pointed to the economy growing at half a percent next year and the unemployment rate next year hitting 4.6% by year end. Numbers like that are as close as the Fed is going to likely get to predicting a recession, yet it plans on hiking rates uh, heading right into a potential recession. So what was the market doing last week? Well, the market perhaps was telling the Fed that it had risen rates enough. Now, Chairman Powell certainly isn't stupid. He likely knows the economy is now facing uh, some increased dangers. Uh, they're there in the dot plot after all. But he also seems to have made the choice that slaying inflation is more important than avoiding a recession, with truth be told, um, is probably the right decision. Investors are concluding that a global recession is coming and central bankers don't care. But a slowing economy, declining inflation could force the Fed to pivot sooner than expected. Since 1950, the S&P has averaged a maximum decline of 18% after the Fed's last rate hike of the cycle, with no losses occurring in just two of those uh, cycles, 1989 and 1995, which suggests that a change in course by the Fed isn't necessarily something to be celebrated. Uh, there could still be more pain ahead of the end of a Fed tightening cycle. So what do we have to look forward to perhaps that uh, could uh, be a positive that could offset some of the pain inflicted uh, by the rising interest rates? Well, Barron suggests that the China's economy may be on the mend and that could help the world avoid a recession. While the Federal Reserve might not give, uh, might, might, might not be ready to give investors the monetary policy pivot they want, uh, Chinese authorities have pivoted in their zero COVID policy and other restrictions that have been stifling the world's second largest economy. That should provide the nation's economy with a reprieve in 2023 and raise the possibility of a soft landing for the rest of the world. China is the only major economy in the world on track to see decent growth next year in corporate profits and corporate GDP. And if you think about where China may be going, think about what happened when the U.S. Uh, and the Europeans opened up their economies. Uh, people uh, uh, feel uh, very restricted, pent up, um, and it's very possible, in, in fact, likely that uh, the Chinese uh, may be uh, meaningful spenders on things like autos um, and, uh, and goods and services uh, for luxury items and certainly for uh, travel. 
um, and entertainment, uh, things that will help them feel good, all things that uh, Americans splurged on um, once our economy uh, reopened, and it's very likely and probable that the folks in China will uh, react uh, similarly. Uh, this could lift the uh, demand for uh, for energy and uh, perhaps uh, give uh, the rest of the world's producers uh, some increased demand for their goods as uh, that demand is falling off in the rest of the world. Uh, one of the uh, fine balancing acts will have to do with the supply chain. If uh, the Chinese are uh, increasingly uh, craving goods and services, um, can the world deliver those goods and services? And it's possible that we might strike a balance as the rest of the world starts demanding less goods and services if their economies are slowing. So this will be uh, a trend that uh, we observe and watch as uh, we as investors assess 2023. Speaking of the macro environment in 2023, Barron's uh, convened with a, a series of uh, Wall Street experts, uh, strategists at the uh, big uh, banks and investment banks uh, to get their outlook for 2023. And the consensus was uh, the markets uh, could appreciate uh, 10% next year after a rough 2022 um, but uh, the consensus was uh, first uh, financial markets uh, would fall and then uh, and then rise in the latter half of 2023 as the Fed uh, uh, concludes their uh, rate hiking cycle was the uh, was the expectation. Uh, the general uh, consensus, and this is an average, not what everyone was suggesting, is uh, that uh, we could see appreciation um, in the S&P 500 in the 8.3% range, tack on dividends, and you get pretty close to uh, 10%. That would be a welcome change compared with 2022, um, where right now we're experiencing an S&P that's down about 18% year-to-date, NASDAQ's down over 30% year-to-date, and bonds, uh, which fall in price as yields rise, have offered no ballast. And the benchmark Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index is down about 11% uh, through mid-December. Despite all that, uh, U.S. economy is uh, is entering 2023 in decent shape given the uh, magnitude of those Fed increases as the labor markets uh, have, uh, have held up much better than in previous Fed rate hiking cycles, perhaps somewhat to the uh, dismay of the Fed, but nevertheless, uh, it's, uh, it's helped uh, the U.S. economy. Uh, hold up uh, better than many would have anticipated given the magnitude of the increases. Um, the experts uh, from the Wall Street banks uh, suspect that U.S. inflation has peaked. Uh, they disagree on how quickly it will continue to fall, but uh, every one of those uh, participants in this survey um, feels that uh, the consumer price index or uh, the inflation here in the U.S. Uh, has seen its highest levels. In fact, uh, many of them uh, view the bond market as perhaps uh, the best risk reward in 2024, um, saying that yields offer the most compelling alternative to stocks in at least 15 years. Uh, coming into the Fed tightening should mean a much better year uh, for bond prices. Barron's, uh, as they do at the end of every year, also uh, ran uh, their uh, annual 10 favorite stocks for the following year. So now they're 10 favorite stocks for 2023. Um, they had an impressive 2022. Uh, their 10 stocks had a negative return, but it was negative 1.7%, uh, significantly outperforming uh, the S&P 500 um, from their top 10 list. Um, their top 10 list for 2023 is a uh, list of uh, several different stocks from many different sectors. 
I'll mention uh, a handful of them. Uh, Alcoa, uh, which uh, produces aluminum, is uh, the first stock that they list in alphabetical order. They suggest that aluminum doesn't get the attention of copper, even though it's just as important for a low-carbon world, given its use in renewable power and its lightweight and recyclability. Alcoa, they say, is probably the best pure-play aluminum producer, and it has a green footprint. It gets about 80% of its energy from its smelting operations from renewable power, mainly hydro. Uh, despite uh, the optimistic outlook for next year, Alcoa has dropped 24% in 2022, changes hands for less than half its 2022 high of $98 a share. Aluminum prices have fallen 35% since their peak this year. Alcoa now trades for nine times 2022 earnings and 14 times what could be trough estimates for 2023. Uh, Barron's also says that Alcoa doesn't get the credit it deserves for a clean balance sheet. Uh, next on the list alphabetically is uh, Alphabet, Google's parent stock, which has dropped 34% last year as revenue growth slowed and investors worried about weaker search advertising trends. Uh, but Barron says uh, the stock trading uh, around $90 a share trades around 18 times projected 2023 earnings, um, which is a market multiple um, for a market leader. Alphabet's core PE is even lower given losses at its other businesses uh, and outside bets like Waymo, which is a leader in autonomous vehicles, but is nevertheless uh, losing lots of money. What's to turn the stock around? Um, well, Barron suggests that what could turn the stock around is a uh, aggressive cost-cutting campaign, especially in terms of headcount um, and possibly uh, the initiation of a dividend. Next on the list, Amazon, off about 45% year-to-date. The coming year, though, should be better as the company cuts costs and realizes greater efficiencies in its online Retail operations after more than $80 billion of investments in fulfillment and transportation over the last three years. Next up, Bank of America, trading around nine times uh, projected 2023 earnings, 2.8% dividend yield over at Bank America. Also on the list, Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, Warren Buffett's company remains the ultimate defensive mega cap stock and deserves consideration for uh, in, in investor uh, portfolios. Buffett uh, this past year made significant uh, investments in Occidental Petroleum, Chevron Tex, uh well now it's just Chevron, CVX, and uh, Berkshire Hathaway bought the competitor uh, casualty insurer Allegheny for $12 billion this past year on attractive terms. Uh, Barron's also liking Delta Airlines, which they call the best manager of U.S. airlines, trading around uh, five times forward earnings. Uh, investors are understandably wary of airlines because of the industry's historically poor performance. Still an upbeat Delta last week projected 15 to 20% revenue growth in 2023 and a near doubling in earnings despite an expensive new contract with pilots. Finally, I'll mention uh, Medtronic from this list, symbol MDT, a dividend aristocrat, 45 straight years of payout increases. Um, but shares in the company, a top maker of medical devices, uh, has not been a regal performer in 2022, down about 24%, um, having some uh, issues this past year with uh, earnings guidance and uh, also a setback for their kidney device uh, uh, product, which was expected to lower blood 
pressure, but uh, at current uh, stock price of about $78 a share, the company is trading at around 14 times forward earnings, about half of uh, their competitors like Boston Scientific and Stryker, and the dividend yield is about 3.5% for Medtronic. Since Brad uh, unable to join us, I will uh, talk a little bit uh, about the bond market, um, Barron's uh, in their income investing column, um, running the uh, column entitled Bonds Have Been Awful Investments. Now is the time to buy them. Bond investors will be glad to see 2022 in the rearview mirror. Um, but despite it having been a long and painful year, given that most parts of the bond market are down 10% or more, the aggressive dose of short-term hikes by the Federal Reserve, which weighed on bond prices, has uh, created uh, meaningful opportunities uh, going forward. Uh, the wretched performance uh, last year could lead to better results in 2023, largely because we're starting with yield levels that are now much more interesting and appealing to investors. A silver lining heading into the new year is there's a lot more income available from bonds than there was just a few years ago. Uh, market strategists suggesting uh, that returns in investment-grade corporate bonds, uh, which, depending on their credit rating, vary between 5 and 7%, are competitive with equity potential returns over the next year for a lot less uh, potential risk. Uh, municipal bonds, which uh, Brad has certainly uh, pounded the table on over the past several months, st- still yielding over 4% uh, for uh, high-quality bonds uh, with maturities of about 20 years. Uh, you take a look at those uh, those uh, Yields on a tax equivalent basis, and many investors are looking at the high quality double and triple A uh, municipals with long term maturities uh, having tax equivalent yields of seven or eight percent, depending on one's tax bracket. Uh, those sorts of levels uh, are um, at uh, points that we haven't seen in uh, many, many years. If uh, the expectation that inflation has peaked is correct, uh, then 2023, the article suggests, uh, may be a much better year for bond investors than 2022 and may offer a relatively attractive risk reward relative to uh, equities going forward and certainly may offer the ballast that bonds have previously provided to investors in their portfolios. That's everything I've got. Thank you for listening to Mr. Keith Lantern. This podcast is available on most platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. For more information, please visit our website at www.heraldlantern.com. Opinions expressed herein are subject to change and not necessarily the opinion of the firm. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The information presented herein is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide personal investment advice. It is important that you consider your tolerance for risk and investment goals when making investment decisions. Investing in securities does involve risk and the potential of losing money. The material does not constitute research, investment advice, or trade recommendations.